Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Talk Among Us podcast. My name is Mark Vieira, and I will be your guide on this particular journey moving forward. Uh, this is not so much a proper episode as it is a, a little bit more of a trailer or a preview of things to come. Um, uh, as I said, my name is Mark Vieira, and um, I uh, live in Long Beach, California. I've been in California for about 12 years, but I am a Massachusetts native. Um, and I have worked in the music industry, air quotes, for about 20 years now. Um, I've had a variety of different jobs, a little bit of everything here and there. Um, I'm currently an artist manager. Um, you know, I've basically worked in the punk and heavy metal and hardcore scenes, but I've also dabbled in, you know, garage rock and indie rock and the Americana world. So I've seen a bunch of th things and met a bunch of great people and have a shitload of interesting stories to share so hopefully we'll uh you'll enjoy this i uh grew up in the 80s and that's going to have a heavy impact on the theme of this podcast as well um if you're unaware of where the name talk among us comes from it's a play on uh the punk band the misfits album walk among us um they're one of my favorite bands of all time that's one of my favorite albums um so yeah, I mean that's sort of you know that's sort of what I grew up on, you know, in the '80s, you know, punk rock, heavy metal, hardcore, sci-fi, act, bad action movies, Star Wars, comic books, um, skateboarding culture. Even though I've never really been a skateboarder, um, I fancied myself one for a minute, and it hurt really bad. Um, so yeah, that's what we're gonna kind of be covering, you know, a little bit of everything, human interest, et cetera. Um, I hope to have a guest on pretty much every episode, which I hope to have weekly, but we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, I also have this is my second podcast. I uh was a part of another one called Let There Be Heels, which technically still exists, even though we haven't recorded in months, but that was a uh pro wrestling focused podcast. So there definitely will be wrestling talk on here. Um, I'll give people a warning if we're going to get particularly nerdy, but, um, you know, most of my guests will be from, you know, these, you know, music worlds, wrestling world, sports world, um, and certainly have, you know, backgrounds that are, you know, are in similar to mine. So, um, that should give you a pretty good idea of what we're going to be doing. Um, you know, uh, open to suggestions. I think you can message me through pretty much any of the apps, but uh, you can also just email me at mark at markjviera.com. Um, and I'll add, I'll include that link later on. Um, but yeah, looking forward to this. I've got some great ideas. I have some great guests lined up. Um, and uh, hopefully you, you know, you're into it, you follow this, you download it, you share it, you rate it, review it, whatever the hell you're supposed to do. Um, subscribe to DDP yoga, whatever. Um, but yeah, so that's just about all I really have to say to kind of give you an intro, uh, hopefully have another recording next week. Um, so in conclusion, I just, you know, just, just to give you a little more background on myself, um, I was interviewed for my friend Christian's podcast called talk about the passion a few, few months back. He has a fantastic podcast. He's based out of Massachusetts. He's an old, uh, Massachusetts music scene friend. And uh, he was out here and uh, he interviewed me um, and we had a hell of a time sitting in my backyard, sharing stories about growing up in similar areas, similar backgrounds, uh, talking about, you know, punk rock to black metal to Molly Hatchet. Um, so he was kind enough to uh, send me the file for that. So he that's been up on his podcast for a couple of months now, but 
he allowed me to add it to this. So if you are unfamiliar with me, if for some reason you're listening to this and you don't know me, um, and you're like, what is this dude? What's his background? What's, why, why is he doing this? Uh, you can listen to that and it will fill you in. It's, uh, it was a fun time recording that. And again, I much thanks to Christian for letting me do this, for interviewing me in the first place and for letting me use it this time around. So I will leave it at that. Um, this is the uh, last day of March. So hopefully, uh, yeah, after next weekend, which in wrestling world is WrestleMania weekend. So I have a feeling the next episode's probably going to be pretty wrestling heavy. Um, but again, some of the guests I'm bringing in, hopefully we'll have sort of a crossover so we won't be bogged down on any one particular topic for too long. So again, thanks for checking this out. And uh, please stick around, listen to the other interview with me. And I will be back next week. Thanks and take care. Hi, welcome to episode 36 of Talk About the Passion. Death comes ripping. How you doing? Thanksgiving is now done, and we're in that uh, home stretch to the December holidays, and then the dread that uh, is New England between January and March uh, sets in. Those long gray morning drives to work where it's, you know, two degrees out. So that's fun. Uh, you know what I can do, though, to escape that from time to time is I can uh, think back and remember this conversation I had with today's uh, guest, Mark Vieira. We recorded this uh, episode in Mark's backyard, and I have to say out of every episode I've done, this one sounds uh, pretty amazing. I was initially nervous to record outside, uh, but as you'll hear, it worked out great. Mark's uh, backyard, by the way, is in Long Beach, California, and this was recorded in November. And it was a relatively warm and sunny day, just one of those, you know, gorgeous days. Uh, Southern California shits out on the regular. Uh, Mark's an East Coast guy living in California now since I think he said 2006. Uh, we've been friends on social media for a while. And uh, his insights on the music scene, not, not just heavy music, you know, which is where he works, but the music industry in general, uh, he knows his, his stuff and has a lot of great opinions and ideas on music, and uh, a lot of those are uh, opinions I, I definitely share. Uh, Mark currently manages a number of bands, including uh, 1349, Ringworm, Atlas Moth, Tombs, The Casualties, and a number of others. Uh, we talk about you know what it's like to manage heavy bands in 2018, and what challenges you know artists face different from say in you know 1999? Uh, we talk a bit about all the eras of uh, music in Boston. Well, you know at least the ones him and I were were involved in. So you know, the 80s through you know around the early 2000s, and then we, we kind of talk a little about those weird eras where you know punk and, and hardcore were divided into a number of different scenes. Like you had your uh, you know your ten yard fights, and then you know the the Hydrahead bands. Unseen and those kind of bands. Uh, so it was it was a different time, and we, and we talk a little about that. Uh, Mark Mark's a great storyteller and uh, all around great guy. So I was uh, psyched to have him on the podcast, and I would uh, definitely have him back on. Uh, a few more things before we start this one. Uh, this podcast seems to fluctuate between uh, weekly to tri-weekly to taking a month off and what have you. Uh, doing this this weekly is a challenge. Some months. So uh, moving forward, I'm keeping sort of an open schedule. Uh, I don't want to get too lazy, but I also want to make sure I bring the best I can to the podcast. And, you know, putting time into it helps me uh, hit that goal or uh, try to anyway. You know, some months I can do, you know, four episodes and some maybe two. Either way, you know, we're still here. We're all friends. And uh, 
if I, you know, in the future I can make weekly happen, I'll, I'll do it. But for now, uh, especially this time of year, maybe just every other week. Uh, you can stay in touch with me on social media. I update Facebook and Instagram regularly. Just search for Talk About the Passion podcast. You can listen to me on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and here we go with episode 36, Death Comes Ripping. So I'm here with uh, Mark Vieira. We're here in uh, beautiful Long Beach outside. It's a beautiful day. Welcome. How are you doing, sir? I'm fantastic. Thanks for, thanks for taking the drive down here. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for, for uh, coming on. And I didn't hit a second of traffic, which was well, you're, don't, pretty good. Don't worry, because you're going to get it all on the way <laughs> yeah, back. No, no, yeah, exactly. Um, so where, where did you grow up, Mark? I grew up in specifically in Westport, Mass. Okay. But I sort of went to... My parents both had jobs where they had to be out of the house super early in the morning. Mm-hmm. So basically for grade, like pre, preschool, grade school and everything, my mother would drop me off in Fall River on mm-hmm. the way to her work. And my I went to grade school at my grandmother's house. Yeah. So I kind of, and like all of our extracurricular crap, Little League, et cetera, right. was all in Fall River. Okay. So a lot of times I'll just tell people I grew up in Fall River, although right. now I say like Bedford <laughs> or just about anywhere yeah. else. Um, but yeah. yeah, so I grew up in Westport. My folks actually still live there. Oh, nice. Half the year. Yeah, yeah. And they're in Florida the other half because that's what you do when you're retired right, in Massachusetts, right. apparently. <laughs> and uh, so how did you grow up as a, listening to music as a, as a young kid? Yeah, for sure. My mom was... My mom and grandmother were both very musical. Like they were in a glee club and like the church choir and whatnot. Yeah. My dad, not so much. But um, you know, like I, I would listen to oldies with my dad once in a while. Yeah. Like you know, he had like sort of the real like that I thought was super cool, but was like the real standard. Like a couple of Beach Boys, a couple right. of Mamas and Papas, the Beatles, the Beatles. You know, the Red and the Blue oh, yeah, the, hits albums. Yeah, the compilations. So yeah. he had like those, and it was like, oh, that was cool. But like he didn't really listen to a ton of music otherwise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I was really into music and like, I mean, I played clarinet and yeah. did all the uh, obligatory right. elementary school <laughs> crap music. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I guess, you know, I kind of like probably like most, I would say m- most people my age, like got into like my, my Michael Jackson put out Thriller and I yeah. think everybody on earth bought that <laughs> record. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I got, got that and then shortly after that um, would be Purple Rain. Yeah. Which of course is one of those albums that you don't realize how fucking good it is when oh, you're a I kid. Know. You're just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Prince, like, yeah, go yeah. crazy. And right, then, right. Like, when you're an adult, you're like, yeah, this it's dude like was, a classic. Yeah, album. this dude, like, yeah, yeah, was unreal. Yeah, but and uh, so then you eventually made your way to heavier. <laughs> yeah. Music. How did the, how did that happen? You know, I've. I, actually listening to your podcast for the yeah. past like six months, I've been like <laughs> trying to figure stuff right. out. Like, I'm like, when did I get that? Like, yeah, oh, yeah. All right. So I. I definitely know the first the first purchase I made of something that was uh, like a heavier band yeah. was Ozzy Osbourne's Bark at the Moon mm-hmm. because it was a nice price cassette oh, yeah, at yeah. Bradley's. Yeah. I specifically it was the Harbor Mall <laughs> Far River Bradley's. Yeah. And it was like three ninety nine. Three ninety nine probably. Yeah. 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 So I got that you had to get that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't you can't go wrong with right, three ninety nine. Right. Yeah. Um and then I remember getting a and that was probably I wanna say I was like in the second grade, third grade, some probably second grade. Yeah. Um like Van Halen would have been like 1984 was out yeah like around that period so right. like I would have been like kind of listening to Van Halen like because they were yeah. all popular right, obviously right. like yeah, I mean course. they were fucking huge they were like the biggest yeah. band on the planet for a right. minute 
So, you know, and then I had, I had a friend, a, a kid who became my best friend in, in, in grade school, had transferred in, I think, during first grade. Mm-hmm. And he had an older brother and who was, like, into heavier stuff. And then yeah. there was other kids in that neighborhood yeah. that were, like... What I didn't realize at the time was like they were hardcore and like f- crossover kids. Like uh, I right. just was like, yeah. we'd go down there and be like, oh, they're kind of scary, right. but like they're really nice to us. But right. they had like leather jackets with like band logos painted right. on them. And yeah, like yeah. I, I remember hearing stories of them going to the living room and like this fucking band would play and the singer hit people with right. a hockey stick. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, like what's wrong with every? What's right. wrong with this guy? Yeah. And with that, we still ask that question. Yeah, but like, that. what's wrong with it? Why are people going to see this band where you get right. hit with a hockey stick? <laughs> And little did I yeah. know, like, how, like, I would, that would be me later. Yeah, of course. Of course, Jack wasn't really doing the hockey stick no, at that no. point. But, yeah. you know. But, yeah, so, I mean, like, it was kind of like, and then I, yeah, so jumping back, I got that Ozzy Osbourne cassette. And then yeah. I remember getting Judas Priest, uh, Priest in Japan. Oh, yeah. Because that was on sale at Ann and Hope. Yeah. It's like bargain shopping know, when you're, yeah. like, mowing the lawn yeah, or whatever. Bradley's yeah, Bradley's Hope, yeah. So that like those were sort of the the beginning, and like I remember I remember hearing Iron Maiden. It was I think it was like a trickle down type yeah. thing. Like a, probably a record would come out, and yeah. like older brother would get it, and then Dave would get it, and then right. Dave would bring it to school. Right. And like, so I think that's probably spread out to all the, the circle yeah, of friends. Exactly. And stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was like tape trading. Except, yeah, yeah. Except yeah. fat elementary school kids. <laughs> um, that's how we had to do it. Yeah. Back then. But I mean, that was like you know, and then I, I remember like. I remember Maiden, and then I remember discovering Metallica, mm-hmm. and I know that Injustice for All was the first Metallica record that I was conscious of being released. Right. Um, and like, I don't remember if I got it right away or not, but I mean, I remember being like, "Oh, there's a new Metallica record." Yeah. I have no idea how I found these things out right, back right. then. Probably like Hip Parader or yeah, yeah. Rip or something. Right. Yeah, Rip. Um, that I really probably wasn't old enough to be buying. Right. Like. Yeah. Tipper Gore may have been onto something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, I remember getting, or my f- my friend getting a copy of Garage Days, like the original EP, yeah. that had the Misfits covers on oh, yeah. it, and that was sort of my first exposure to the Misfits mm-hmm. and the fact, like, uh, Metallica used to always wear, yeah, Misfits, wear shirts. Misfits shirts. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I gotta figure out what this is. Yeah. And um, because like, if these dudes think it's cool, it's probably right. super cool. Yeah. And like, kind of searching and like finding. Like okay, like there's this, it's the misfits, like oh, right. all right, and then like well, it's like what what kind of music is it? And like oh, it's hardcore, and I was like I thought like hardcore was rap, right? Like, I yeah, had no f- no clue whatsoever. Yeah, and um, so this is like a two part. One day we we used to go up to sh- my my dad worked in Boston for okay. years, so kind of like we were talking before we started recording, like yeah. My he because he worked in Boston had an office job up there. He had Red Sox tickets and Celtics yeah, yeah. tickets. Going back, you know, the days where you know five other guys, yeah. you know, it would cost them a thousand bucks right, for the right. season or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. the tickets were. We sat in box seats behind the dugout, <laughs> and I remember the t- like the face uh, face value being like twelve bucks. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, like you can't even get an ice cream sandwich <laughs> for twelve bucks in there I anymore. Know. Yeah. Um, but uh, we were driving, so we went up to a baseball game on a Saturday, and we were driving back, and like we used to have. Um, Stopping at strawberries was usually like sort of my like treat like yeah, you yeah. go go in you can get one cassette Yeah, and um, we stopped at the strawberries. I think it was in Brockton mm-hmm. um, and My friend David and I decided this is like we were gonna do this 
we were going to do this Misfits thing. We were going to yeah. figure this out. Right, right. And we, so we, he bought Misfits Evil Live, which is not the record to start <laughs> yeah, with definitely. at all. Do yeah, not, not do that. Yeah. yeah. In fact, get rid of that even if you own it. <laughs> I know, right. Um, and I got the first, the first Danzig record yeah. because it was like, oh, it's the same guy. So yeah. it's got to be the same thing. Yeah. Um, and then I remember we were like in such a rush to put the live record in and we were like, what is happening? Like this makes, <laughs> this is like, right. Like these guys can't like, this is so fast. Yeah. It sounds so bad. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they would end up being yeah. like my favorite band right. of all time. Henry from Black Flag. Yeah. yeah. God, he sounds like <laughs> such a mook all yeah. the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, so later I like, you know, I don't know how much long further down the line, I went, uh, went to the public library near my grandmother's house in Fall River, and there was a kid who was working in there who was probably, you know, probably a couple of years older than me. He was yeah. probably, like, early high school. Right. But, like, you know, he had the total, like, swoosh, like, Tony Hawk haircut. He <laughs> was wearing yeah. Airwalks oh, yeah, and yeah. a Misfits shirt. And I was like, hey, man, nice shirt. Right. And he was like, do you know what this is? And I was like, yeah, it's the Misfits. Right. And he was like, oh, wow. Yeah, and so we started talking, and I was—he's like, "You, what? What albums do you have?" And I was like, "I have a, like a copy of Evil Live." Right. And he was like, "Oh, you know that was recorded in Boston." I was like, "At the Boston Garden," and like <laughs> right. because like where the yeah, fuck yeah. else would a band play? <laughs> right. Yeah, of course. Um, so he was like, "Oh, he's like, if you give me a, a blank tape, like I can make you a, a Misfits tape." And yeah. I was like, "Oh, cool." So the next time I dropped off a blank cassette, right, and I, it was basically like in retrospect when I found it, it was basically almost the entire discography because oh, nice. that's like. Yeah. Yeah, 90 probably, yeah, yeah, 90 minutes. Like, that's yeah. more than their discography. Yeah. He's like, oh, there was some room at the end, so I threw some other <laughs> stuff on. Yeah. I was like, oh. When I re found the tape at some point in my, like, 20s or even early 30s, like, it yeah. was like a relic. It was Indiana Jones yeah, yeah. style. When I found it, I was, like, listening I was like listening through it and, like, oh, this is funny that this kid made this for me. And I got to the end and it was all Dead Kennedys. Oh, nice. But I had no idea. Like, right. he didn't write down what it was. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I can only imagine listening to it in, like, whatever, third or fourth grade and being like, that shit <laughs> right. is this. Yeah. That guy's voice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and just yeah. how weird the dead Kennedys were. Yeah, like, yeah. Why would you give that to a kid? I know. Yeah, that is. Give that me is some black strange. flag or something. I know, right? Huh. So, yeah, I mean, and that kind of like opened up the whole like the punk and the metal thing from yeah. there. And, you know, by the time I got into junior high, I mean, I like, I really got into Anthrax, yeah. who I knew had sort of connections to this other more underground stuff. Like, I was yeah. aware of SOD and MOD mm -hmm. at that time, yeah. but didn't necessarily kind of. I always. I always also walked this fine line because like we did, like I did grow up going to church yeah. and my parents weren't like super Bible thumpy, nor were they super like tipper gore-ish, but right. they were definitely aware that a lot right. of the stuff I was listening to was on the sketchy. line. Yeah. And like, so I was always very like, like I never, I never bought a Slayer record. Right. And I yeah. still like to this day, like I never got into Slayer and people yeah. think it's like blasphemy, <laughs> but it's like, I, like I have to explain, like I didn't listen to him as a little kid. And I yeah. think by the time I started listening to him, the window had kind of closed yeah, of and it was just like, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, it's cool. Right. Slayer. Right. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Like I never owned a Slayer record. Yeah. Um, and there was always stuff like, you know, like the Dead Kennedys. Like, yeah. I remember trying to, like, to buy a Dead Kennedys record because, like, right. I, at some point I had gotten into the Ramones or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, oh, the Dead Kennedys. And I was right. like, I don't think they're going to let me. Yeah. And, like, I was looking at the song titles. I was like, oh, if they see Too Drunk to Fuck, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm fucked. Yeah. One of my best friends, his parents threw his uh, tape out that specifically because of that song. See? The, the greatest hits one or that orange one. I think, yeah, yeah. The singles. And yeah, the, they um, found it and threw it out. Yeah, I remember trying to find a Damned record because yeah. I had heard of the Damned, and I was like, "That's a swear," and I don't think <laughs> I'm going to be able to bring that into the house. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I would have hated the Damned. I have right. no idea why I would have even yeah, thought about point, buying the yeah, Damned early on, like that. Because I definitely would have bought like an '80s Damned record yeah. too at that point. Yeah. It would have been like, yeah. no, 
Well, the album covers on some of those records, too, at that point would trick you, you know? It's like when you look at Molly Hatchet and you're like, oh, metal. Yeah. And you hear it and you're like, Not oh, that there's anything a, wrong with right, Molly yeah, Hatchet, yeah, exactly. but yes, no, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, it's like, it's like another one was like, this is a little later, but you know, when like punk was, punk was getting big again and like, it was like, oh, Iggy and the Stooges, Iggy and the yeah. Stooges. And I bought like, I bought Funhouse from like the BMG catalog, right. you know, cause again, it was like a dollar or right. whatever. Yeah. And like Funhouse shows up and you're like, oh, this is like this punk rock record. <laughs> and you put it in you're like. <laughs> the fuck saxophone like, yeah, yeah it's like all the songs are long and yeah. drony and i'm like what is this now like years later like yeah. that's one of my favorite records of yeah. all time it's probably my favorite stooges record. yeah yeah but like listening to that at, you know whatever 13 or 14 yeah. and having no context and just being like oh it's yeah. punk rock it's gonna yeah. sound like the ramones or yeah. the sex pistols or yeah. something and it's like oh yeah i never had the sex pistols <laughs> record because it had sex and yeah. i was like my parents will freak out yeah 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 the uh the uh what were we just talking about? How did I just lose my train of thought? It happens. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, not the uh, Sex Pistols. Dead Kennedys. Dead. Ke- uh, not dead. Damned. Kennedy. The dead. Uh, nope. Fuck. Tipper Gore. Molly Hot. <laughs> Molly Hatchet. Uh, I don't know. I don't but know yeah, so I, well, I mean, we were just it was the general thing of how sketchy some of yeah, the stuff yeah. looked. So yeah, I yeah. avoided a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's funny, sort of the some of the stuff that I did pick up, right? That I didn't think was sketchy. Yeah. Like. So like Guns N' Roses, like Appetite for Destruction is probably still my favorite record. Oh yeah, it's a great. Um, and it's funny because it's it's funny to think of because like back then there was all the like the fervor like oh it's like you know bad, kids shouldn't uh, listen to this and I was right. like why like they don't yeah. they're not like they mention heroin in like one song right like, I had no idea Mr Brownstone was yeah. like, just explicitly about <laughs> shooting yeah, heroin it's, yeah yeah it was the same thing they with don't the Ram- say heroin yeah right. the Ramones like Chinese rocks like right. I think I was probably like twenty before right. I figured out what the fuck they were singing about <laughs> like I was just like oh. Yeah, it's, yeah. Chinese rocks. And then it <laughs> oh, was that's like, what I was gonna say. The Stooges oh. was the one that I hate to admit that I never got into them until like five years ago. I finally like, and, and, and now it's like my favorite. Like I'm like, yeah, how did I not listen sense. to these like, three it's, records? It's not an easily like. I feel like Kiss is a band like you can yeah. kind of jump into. Right, you either right. like them or you don't like yeah, them, yeah. but like you don't really need to wade yeah. in. Yeah, unless for Stooges. some reason you buy like one of the 80s <laughs> yeah, records yeah. and then yeah. you kind of fuck. unmasked or something. Yeah, like I mean, Kiss were definitely a band too that like. I mean, they were they were out of the makeup by the time yeah. I started. Like, I found them, but I definitely knew very early on that the that like you needed to go for the makeup era. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, you know, like I remember, like Lick It Out, Lick It Up was out, <laughs> and I remember was the next record Crazy Nights. Crazy Nights or Hot in the Sh- I think it was Crazy Nights. I yeah. think yeah, I think yeah. I think Hot in the Shade might have been after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I was even able to, like I was like, oh, I like Kiss, and I think I had those records, but I was definitely aware that like they had gotten real cheesy, yeah. like yeah, that yeah. there was something not right, quite right. right. Like when they went from like being cool, spooky people to being an uglier version of Poison. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Now, when did you start going to see uh, live music? Do you remember your, your yeah. first first show? First first concert ever was the Scorpions mm-hmm. at the Providence Civic Center in '91. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the uh, what the hell was album? I forget the name of the album. It was the yeah. one that Winds of Change was like the big yeah. the big hit on. Right. Um, but yeah, Trickster and Great White Open. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's so I said there, so there was that. Um, <laughs> And yeah, so that was the first concert. And then a few months, like that summer, I saw Queensryche at the Civic Center mm-hmm. with Suicidal Tendencies open. Oh, no. oh really? Yeah. Oh, I, I think I remember that tour. That was like, there was a weird period. Where, like Queensryche, 
on that tour cycle took out Suicidal and they took out Warrior Soul. Yeah. And that was around the same time that like Skid Row took out Pantera. Yeah. There had been a weird like yeah. kind of the more glammy bands were taking yeah. out heavier bands. Yeah. Um, and that was like the first time I had ever seen a pit. Yeah. At the Civic Center, which right, was right. really weird. Yeah. But I remember like we were sitting in like, you know, I guess what would be like the loge or whatever. Right. And um, the area behind the sound, bet- between the soundboard and like, you know, the wall, the hockey wall type yeah. thing. Um, when Suicidal came out, like they, they opened with the first song from Light, uh, Lights, Camera, Revolution. Like, yeah. the, what the hell is going on around oh, yeah, here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, there's like all these people milling around behind the soundboard. Yeah. And there's like people like going to their seats with their popcorn and their soda. <laughs> and like, oh, this opening band's about to go on. Right. And they start playing, and like, dude just started like jumping and kicking people. And like, I right. remember seeing this guy just get like the popcorn kicked right out of his, like, oh, ah. right. Um, and it was also really strange that there were definitely people at that show that were dressed full on like Venice suicidals. Oh, yeah. And I want to know who those people were in yeah. Providence. Yeah. If anybody listening can actually <laughs> identify who right. was like wearing the flipped hat and the, the bandana below your yeah. eyes yeah. in 1991 in Providence, please get in touch with Christian because I need to know this. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing them at the channel and it was late. It wasn't that first show, which I did see, but it was later on. It might have been. After like the war inside my head, joined joined the army. Okay, uh, but someone pulled, tried to pull Rocky George's laminate off of his neck, or maybe they did, and just a bunch of those dudes with the hats came out of nowhere from behind the stage. <laughs> their roadies or whatever they like, were. Did they import them? Did they, they bring them? Ro- I, I think they had a few guys with them. It was probably just their roadies or you know their roadies, three, three or four guys. But Who were? I remember they were like, yeah, you need to give that back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's wow. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, and probably fucking terrifying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. So they they had that vibe. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, because those guys were like actual gangbangers. Yeah, it's not yeah. the dudes in suicidal so right, much, right. but like. Yeah, that were that. Yeah. Yeah, that scene. I remember when I first bought that first record, seeing all those shirts. I made one of those shirts and uh, would wear that around school. It was like That's a, awesome. Like a collared shirt with like a skull and a skateboard. That's super awesome. Stuff. You should bring that back. I should. you should just start doing that now. <laughs> just go to the thrift store, like white dress my shirt. Work like that with a <laughs> suicidal, that's psycho a, shirt. That's um, awesome. And then later that, so that was like summer of that year, mm-hmm. and then that fall was my first punk show, and okay. I saw the Ramones at the Palladium in, at Rocky Point, like mm-hmm. the ballroom oh, yeah, at Rocky yeah. Point. Yeah. So that was my first punk nice. rock show. Yeah. They were really bad. The Ramones yeah. were not a good yeah, live band by that yeah. point. Like. Yeah. I've you know everybody like really waxes poetic about how yeah great the they 90s were. yeah I didn't yeah that's when I saw them and I was kind of underwhelmed yeah it was cool them. to see them but exactly it, wasn't, it didn't give me that feeling I thought it would yeah and I, I ended up going to see them again when I lived the one year I lived down in I, my freshman year of college I went to University of Maryland so that's basically DC yeah um I used to go to a ton of shows in DC and I went to see the Ramones on their farewell like the Adios Amigos tour yeah which was not the last they ended up right. doing Lollapalooza after that yeah but um. I saw I saw them there, and that was another. I think my buddy and I made it like halfway through, and we we're like, "It's just time to go." Yeah, yeah. This is right. Kind of sad. Yeah. But and people are gonna fucking hate that I just said that because yeah, yeah. And the Ramones are such a, like a, a holy sacred cow for I so know. many people. And Jeez, I'm like, he didn't like Slayer or the Ramones. <laughs> yeah, Who is this guy? Everybody hates Everyone's, me. Yeah. So you don't like the Ramones or Slayer? And I do like the Ramones. Yeah, just, yeah. If I hear Blitzkrieg Bop one more time, I'm good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm gonna go to a clock tower. It's right. bad. Yeah. It's like, but. Yeah, like a lot of the Didi stuff I love. I yeah. still listen to certain Ramones stuff a lot, but yeah. there's like, yeah, I can't do rock and roll high school yeah. anymore. Yeah. Now, uh, did you start going to shows in Boston at some point? So, 
I started like in high school. I started going to. We used to hang out in Providence a lot more than we did yeah. Boston because Providence is only closer, about 20, yeah. 25 minutes, whereas yeah. Boston's like a good hour. Yeah. Um. So we used to go up to Boston. Uh, I'm sorry, Providence all the time, and we'd go. Like there was the, there was a Newbury Comics in Warwick, and that was the closest one. Mm-hmm. So we used to go up there, and then like we'd hit Fair Street when Fair Street was still like super cool, yeah. and like had um, there was an Alston beat there. Yeah. And uh, shit, I can't even remember. But in your ear, there was like three or four record stores on Thayer at one point. Yeah. Then a couple of them left there, and now I don't even I, I don't even know if there are any record yeah. stores. It's been so long since I've been there. Yeah. But we so we used to go there, and then we would start. We started going to shows at Babyhead. Mm-hmm. So that was probably around '93. Yeah. Um, I went to a couple of shows at the Living Room while I was still in high school as well. But it was mo- more often than not it was Babyhead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I moved to DC, or College Park. Yeah. And got to go to a few shows at the old 930 Club oh, before nice. they tore that down. Yeah. And then I saw what was, I think, actually like this. It was like one of the first public shows at the new 930 Club, which was Fugazi's like annual. Yeah. Like they used to play like I think every January some right. sort of fundraiser. So they were like, I think like Tony Bennett in Smashing Pumpkins had played like kind oh. of private, like yeah. high ticket type events yeah, to yeah. open the new venue. Right. But so we saw Fugazi there and that was fucking awesome. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so going down there, like, did the 930 club um we did went to the uh the black cat a bunch mm-hmm. the old which i guess is the old black cat because yeah. i think there's a new one yeah um but went to a ton of shows there the capitol ballroom which is i think now where the baseball stadium is but that yeah. was like in the worst neighborhood oh and, yeah like it's amazing <laughs> when you look back at the stupid shit you did when you were a kid yeah like that, like that. We had no business being. Oh, yeah. They had no business putting a punk rock <laughs> club in the neighborhood that, like, yeah. the, that that the Capitol Ballroom was in. Right. Same with some of the other clubs we'd go to. It was like super weird because it would be like, you know, it would be like reggae clubs or yeah. like go go clubs that they would rent out to these dipshit hardcore kids. Yeah. So like, we saw, God, it's a safari club. They just somebody just put a yeah, book, book out that I want. I actually want to grab yeah, it's that. A great book. Um, because I did go to a couple of shows while I was there, but I mean, that was like a fucking go-go club. Yeah. And that scene is like no joke, yeah. like scary shit. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm terrified right. thinking about it, but we were just totally being right. like, oh yeah. yeah, we'll go down, yeah. yeah, yeah, We'll go to the show. Like I saw like <laughs> Lifetime and Damnation there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, and F- Frotus and Walleye, I think were on huh. the show too. Definitely Frotus. Yeah. They huh. were really bad at the time. Yeah. And, and what, what were you going to school for down there? I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> no, so it only lasted yeah. one year. Um, when I, so when I had applied there, I think I like, I got in for general studies. Yeah. I my dad my dad worked for the government, so mm-hmm. we used to go to D.C. a bunch. Yeah. Um, for vacation. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Museums, cool zoo. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we spent a lot of time there. Um, growing up, like so, I knew the area fairly well and was comfortable down there. And I knew I didn't want to stay at home. Yeah. And I had applied to schools all over in random ass places. Right. And uh, I got into Maryland. I got some sort of like small scholarship or whatever. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, cool. And they had like a business school and they yeah. had a communication school. And I was like, all right. Like I went in like, I think for general studies, but right. like we'll figure it out. Yeah. And so when I got there, I found out that the communication school had actually closed right. like the year before. Yeah. Oh. I definitely was not getting into the business school. I had <laughs> yeah. I used to have these dreams that I could be like a businessman. Like I can't do fucking math. Right. I'm terrible. So that was never gonna happen. Right. Um 
they had a cool radio station, yeah. WMUC, like, and we would go through some of the vaults and st- yeah. like, stuff. And I mean, they, they would be like first press Discord <laughs> records that had been in there since, yeah. you know, 79, 80 yeah. and stuff. That's crazy. So yeah, there was some really cool shit. We like the Bad Religion, Into the Unknown. Like that's right. how I discovered it. Like they still had the original <laughs> copy awesome. of it. Nice. You know, when they turned into the new the Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Or whatever. Album yeah. Or yeah, super weird record. Yeah. yeah, But yeah, so I was there for that one year and then ended up coming back uh back home mm-hmm. i lived with my parents for a few months and then i had transferred to emerson okay so at that point i moved to i was living at, like right outside of cleveland circle yeah i think it was technically brookline but yeah. it was like right up off of the circle right and um i lived there and that's really when i started going to shows in boston so it was like 90 that would have been 96 yeah like i don't I don't think I had ever been to the rap before I moved to Boston. Yeah. And that, like the channel was gone by that yeah. point. Yeah, so yeah. I never got to go to the channel, unfortunately, yeah. which sucks. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I had Bun Ratties and, and those places. And Bun Ratties had already gone. The local, the oh, local, local 186 situation was yeah. when I, I was a freshman because I used to pick up the pit report yeah. when oh, I yeah. when I'd be back up here. Yeah. So like I'd you know read the issue right. nine, ten, yeah. fifteen times. You know. Right. So that was. Yeah, I remember reading about the local. They had yeah. already been local and had already gotten sh- the meat men incident right. had already oh, yeah, occurred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I never got to go to Bun Rat. Yeah, I missed yeah. I missed that completely. Yeah. That was sort of too when the the point when I kind of got out of hardcore for a little bit and uh, and but yeah, it was, a, it was a dark time. <laughs> and I don't mean the I don't mean the meat men incident. I mean right, musically yeah. speaking. Yeah, music, like, there was yeah. some bad yeah, there, shit. Yeah, there was it just wasn't uh, wasn't my my style. So I kind of missed out on a, a big chunk and. Now you, I'm kind of back into it. You were probably all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so. I mean, that was like a real renaissance around then. Renaissance. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, I'm using that loosely. But like... Just a, a new... Bre- like that a 96, new... 97 period where you yeah. had a lot of the like... The hardcore scene in... I, I would say the Northeast in yeah. general had definitely like gotten very biohazard. Yeah, yeah Like exactly. every everybody right. was like wearing Carhartts yeah. and like, yeah. what's up, what's yeah. up? <laughs> and like... Yeah. You like totally like white bread suburban dudes. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. we're like, you know, it was like the Blood for Blood album. What do you yeah, think? Yeah. Your ice cube, pull your <laughs> pants up. Yeah. And, but everybody was like doing that thing. And then there was that period where, like, I mean, there was really no punk scene at that yeah. point. Yeah. It was like toxic just, narcotic were still around. Yeah. But you I almost get those feel, flyers. I, I used to just throw those in. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, there was like almost no punk scene. And yeah. then like there was that whole wave with like the unseen and the Ducky Boys yeah, yeah. and like. Dropkick Murphys, yeah. you know, but like I'm there, and Showcase Showdown had been around yeah. and stuff, but there wasn't like really a thriving scene in yeah. that. And then like you sort of had that like the ten yard fight, yeah, and it kind of sort of you know snowballed from there, yeah. I guess, where you yeah. started to get more bands that were, yeah. and I guess to some extent a lot of them like a lot of those bands had been around, right? But there was more like Out Cold had been around, yeah, but like they were sort of more of like a peripheral outlier, yeah. Yep. And like I feel like it was sort of like when people started playing faster and stuff, and yeah. those bands started playing in Boston again, where you got like the oh like out cold old school cool. hardcore, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like oh those guys are awesome, and yeah. people were like oh yeah deep wounds, right? And obviously they weren't around yeah, anymore, yeah. but people were like yeah. more into that stuff, yeah, yeah. and and eventually the the suburban yeah hip hop right, right rap stuff would <laughs> sort of die. Yeah, I loved the uh, I, those are kind of guilty pleasures of the first two. I say the first two and a half Biohazard albums because um, I, I do like I do love the the first one. I think it's great. I'm not going to criticize Biohazard, <laughs> shockingly. Like I mean, it it is what it is. Like yeah. I mean, 
I haven't I haven't revisited those albums in several right. years. Yeah. I don't know how they hold up. Yeah. But like they were definitely responsible for some bad shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Like on so, like Oh yeah. Them and so they sort of scratched the same itch as Pantera for me where I just when I need that like Oh yeah. sort of visceral I, just Pantera, dumb yeah. Pantera riff are the are the yeah, Pantera are an awesome band. Yeah. Pantera are definitely like responsible for yeah, that's <laughs> horrible atrocities towards humanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just some bad music. Yeah, yeah definitely. But I mean like I, yeah. every band you know, yeah, you know yeah. like a lot of those influential ones. Yeah. influenced I mean, can you, the wrong. do you can you hold the Ramones responsible <laughs> for fucking yeah. simple plan or something like that? Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It's not their fault. Right. Like, yeah, they, yeah. They didn't know what they were, they didn't yeah. know what would happen. Yeah, exactly. Um but yes, I mean that was like a really cool period where like I mean a lot of stuff started coming and coming back. Yeah. And I mean there was also too like talk about like sort of missing the boat. There was the whole there was that whole Hydra head scene going on at the yeah, same yeah. time, which yeah. I was like at that point I had definitely drawn this line of like there was metal and there was hardcore and punk yeah. rock and right. I was like on this side of the war and right. like so I had no I had friends like that played in some of those Hydra head bands and stuff, but I never like Never really got into it. Or, right. Like I went to a couple. Like I think I had seen Union Suit at mm-hmm. one point. Okay. But I totally like. It took a while. Like I, like I ran into Cave In at. And I say ran into because I have no idea. Like I don't remember going to see Cave In, but right. they played one of those like Monster Mondays at uh, Mama Can. Oh yeah, I remember those. And um, it was one of the first shows where they no longer had a singer. Where oh, it was okay. like brought, like it was Brodsky yeah, doing Brodsky most of the, or the other. It was really the three yeah. guys kind of doing the vocals. Yeah. But like they, I want to say it was like the first or one of the first shows because the singer had left the joint ten yard right. fight. I think. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, so like I sort of missed that entire scene as I've yeah. gotten older and like gone back to a lot of it. It's like, oh, a lot of this yeah, shit yeah. is super cool. Yeah, definitely. But like, kind of at the time, it was like, oh, I want it fast. Like, yeah. I want something that sounds like SSD. Yeah, like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, everything was very divided at that point. Like, yeah. the scenes, there was that, like you were saying. And, and in reality, I mean, it was a super small scene. I and mean, Boston's yeah. a small city. And yeah. It was like everybody lived near Like, we all right. knew who we, each other <laughs> yeah. were, but it was yeah. like sort of like. Right. You know, like I remember, I remember somebody. I won't, I won't mention the band, but I definitely remember somebody from one popular band yeah. shitting on the guy from another band for wearing like, fuck, I forgot. Like he had like a like it was like a Hydra head band right. jacket, yeah, yeah. and he was just totally like cool jacket dude. <laughs> right, and I was yeah. like, whoa, what yeah. is, <laughs> shit. Yeah, but yeah, it was, but yeah, it was, it was a wild time. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and it's, I'm. I'm I'm always proud to be from Boston Could, just because of that because we had so many yeah, there was genres and groups of music and yeah then, I mean there was a, there, I mean there was definitely a really good run there from you know like what would you say 95, 96, 97 yeah. through the early 2000s yeah, yeah. I mean even like I mean even beyond like punk and hardcore and stuff like I mean the Dan, I think Dan Personals were an incredible band oh, yeah. I don't know if you ever got into yeah, them at all them. Yeah. but like they were in, there were some really good bands of other genres even yeah. like the Sheila Divine yeah, yeah. there were some oh, they were very yeah. good bands from yeah. Boston yeah yeah the 90s sort of like alternative rock and all that stuff too yeah I mean obviously you know you had like yeah. Letters to Cleo and, yeah. I mean Belly who were more of a Rhode Island band but yeah. they get lumped they yeah. get lumped in with everybody so why yeah. not and they get r- hardcore roots because they get the two two uh, guys from verbal assault yeah yeah which yeah. is awesome yeah they x'd up in a video i remember being <laughs> oh, super yeah i think one of the one of the belly videos <laughs> the two guys have x's on their hands oh, nice. that was like one of the like billy you're yeah. cool because they're still straight edge <laughs> yeah were you into were you oh, identifying yeah. with straight i edge? was for yeah after i got to college i quit like my like first semester 
sometime during the first semester, I quit drinking yeah. and like was straight edge for, I don't know, for maybe five years. I definitely yeah. have an embarrassing straight edge tattoo that, <laughs> we, that we don't really discuss. Because <laughs> yeah. um, right, I have a crucified skinhead on my uh, Way less embarrassing. <laughs> because you can't, I mean, that's like, oh, that's cool. He was like. It's got agnostic front lyrics around. I, see, I, I support that. I would go and get that now. Um, yeah. However, I have a, a black X that's so large, I would need like, I would need sort of like a, a, a like a black hole tattooed over my. The, yeah. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. So it's just gonna stay there pretty yeah. much. Yeah. The Italian in me has also covered up the uh, Fred Perry United States skinheads on my chest. So. Oh, well, I definitely. I, <laughs> I definitely had a Fred Perry laurel tattoo, and it's covered with a giant bomb now. There you go. Yeah, that's how we covered that. Yeah. We're just going to put a bomb over it. I was like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was definitely in the straight edge scene for a while, and that's yeah. like kind of like, I was like, I won't even say bouncing between, but there, but like I would go to see, you know, Ten Yard Fighter in my eyes on a yeah. on a Saturday, and then I would go to see like Dropkicks and Unseen right. or the Bruisers and yeah. whoever, and then I'd go see like, like you said, like it was super divided scenes. Yeah. There weren't a lot of people that were kind of going. Like there was a handful of us that I feel like yeah. that would kind of go to everything. Yeah, everything and yeah. then there was like the super straight edge scene, and yeah. there was like the like Mohawk unseen right. kids who might go see Dropkick Murphys, and then yeah. there was like the Dot and Southie kids who kind of might go see the unseen, but yeah. also didn't really want to deal with the yeah, those yeah. kids. Yeah. So I mean, there wasn't a lot of overlap, yeah. Yeah. even though like there kind of started to be, and it was like it made sense when it happened. Yeah, it yeah. was like yeah, like. You should be playing yeah. with these bands, right? Yeah. Like I remember when like Warzone and the Business toured together. It was sort yeah. of weird. Yeah. But it makes but sense. Yeah. It makes why? Yeah. Why would it not make sense? But it was just so like. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, New York skinheads. Yeah, and, and then like and, I think I mean AF toured with the, the Business later. Yeah. And yes. I mean again, it makes total sense. Yeah. But I think at, at some point somebody was like, "Yeah, you can't mix these things." <laughs> yeah, I think nowadays, or at least the last. Probably more than a decade. It's kind of hard. Everything is sort of melted together now, and you just see dudes with big beards with a you know SSD patch. Yeah, next well, to I mean, an I, I hate God patch. I think we've all gotten gotten to the age where like you know we don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, yeah, and then it's to, so, yeah, you don't have to wear a badge that says, "Oh, I'm a fucking hardcore guy," and I'm a pop punk. Yeah, you know exactly. Dude. Like I feel like you know like our, like our parents generation you could be like, "Oh, I like Zeppelin and I like the Pointer Sisters." Right, you know, yeah. there's nothing weird about that right, cuz you're yeah. just an old person and you're like, "I like fucking music." Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm like I'm just as likely to like throw on the Clash or Discharge or which is another band that I got into super late cuz yeah. the first time I heard Discharge I was like, "Oh, this is crap." <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is really bad. Like why would anybody even record <laughs> yeah. this? Yeah. And now I'm like, "Oh, fucking Discharge, awesome band." Yeah. But yeah, at the time I just didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely more I was definitely more of a song-oriented person when I was younger too. Yeah. Like I liked I didn't I think that's why I, like I was attracted to hardcore and street punk cuz it was yeah. like catchy and there was oh, like yeah, sing-along catchy, choruses yeah. and stuff. Definitely. And that's probably why a lot of the like more hydrahead type metal stuff didn't cuz that's like the antithesis of song yeah. structure. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. totally something else going on. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work to to yeah. sort of get into. But it took it, it took getting Yeah, that's again, it's like the stooges. Like, yeah, it, yeah. It, it takes like you have to sit down and digest something, yeah. and like, yeah, I mean, like, I'm sure I would have hated "I Hate God." Yeah, had I had I first been exposed to them when I was like 16 or 17. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I fucking yeah. love "I Hate God." Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um. And now, did you never played music? Did you ever play music? Very poorly. Yeah. <laughs> I had a aside from the clarinet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a hardcore band that played w one show that we set up at at Emerson. Yeah. Like in the the basement of the little building. Yeah. Um. 
we played one show. That was it. I sang. It was probably really bad. We yeah. never recorded anything. Because, I mean, this was like, you know, 96 or 97. So yeah. you, would, like, you would actually have to have booked studio time. Yeah. Like, you couldn't just, like, use fucking Bandcamp right. or, or yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever that program is on your Mac and just right. record stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, that's what I used. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we never recorded. Yeah. Um, and then I did, I don't know, like 2000, sometime 2002, 2003, 2004, somewhere in there. I ended up playing keyboard in Elgin James' band, oh, yeah. Nathan's band, because yeah. I had put out his record, yeah. and and was like working with the band, and he was sort of like, you know, you can, because I had, I had bought a couple of keyboards because right. I kind of knew how to I. I took piano lessons yeah. at one point, so I, in my mind, I was like, I'm gonna like, yeah. I found some like keyboard, like I bought an old like an old analog synth off of somebody from like online, and then I ended up buying this. Um, this digital um, Hammond, because mm-hmm. why not? Yeah, yeah. I like, bought it off some like older dude, like <laughs> right. on the South Shore. Like yeah, I met yeah. him in a parking lot. I was like, oh cool, there's your there's your two hundred dollars, buddy. Right. Yeah. Um, so I had all this shit that I just fucked around with, yeah. and uh, he was like, you can play piano, right? And I was like, sure. <laughs> he was like, if I like if I if I like write really simple parts, yeah. you can play those. Yeah. And I was like, you better be real simple. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, so I and then I probably played a dozen shows or so. With oh him. wow, nice. But I mean, it was like a lot of like <laughs> ding 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 yeah. ding right. ding. I mean, now you just use a sample. Yeah, you just yeah. r- run something in the background. You don't even need <laughs> right. a mark there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I did that. That was actually a lot of fun. Yeah. We played with. We played a couple of shows with Drag the River. Oh, wow. We played um, a couple of times with Jesse Mallon's solo band when he was doing the more Americana. Yeah. yeah. It, it was kind of replacements yeah. worship, yeah. which is kind of what sort of we were well, yeah. too. Yeah. But yeah, we played some really cool shows. Nice. It was fun. Hmm. And you now you said you you put his record out. So I had a record label. So for, yeah, yeah I, then I'm still I'm still paying for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who who would think? <laughs> but yeah, I started I. I started a label around 2001, 2002 mm-hmm. called Lonesome Recordings okay. um, with a couple other friends. Mm-hmm. And we put out, so at this point I was like, I was DJing Blackout Bar. Oh, yeah. So I was kind oh, yeah, of. You want to go back and talk about that? Because that was pretty. That was a that thing? Was a, yeah, yeah, so let's we talk did, about that. So we did, all right, Blackout Bar was more or less, there was Start, which was Gibby and Damien yeah. from The Explosion. Gibby yeah. was the makeout club guy. Yeah. He did start a sort of a makeout club party yeah. that I, th- I believe that was like a one-off that yeah. like was really big. So yeah. like they ended up making it like, a, a I night. think it just yeah. eventually became like a weekly. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was more like at the time, at the time people would, people called it a mod night to some extent, but it wasn't yeah. a mod night because right. there was that thing like, well, there was the pill yeah. that was like an oh, actual yeah, mod pill, night. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, at, they were kind of like, sort of doing the Boston equivalent of the like the electro clash thing that was going on yeah. in New York there was lots of that mm-hmm. and stuff like the yeah yeah yeahs and the, yeah. that whole Brooklyn scene like yeah. sort of like they caught on to it right as it was like really going off right. in Brooklyn yeah. so they had that and it was super popular so Jeff Marshall who was sort of the I don't, I don't know if he was a talent buyer at Bills at the time but he was definitely over, overseer of thing, all things rock sort right. of down on Lansdowne because okay. he was like the, he was sort of the last of the the last of the rock people down there. Everybody yeah. else was like, because like Avalon was doing the EDM techno <laughs> yeah, yeah, nights, and like right. that's where all the money was. And yeah. Jeff was like, the I'm gonna save the, we're gonna save rock down here. <laughs> right. And that's like he actually hired me to work the door at Bills because yeah. he was like, we're trying to make Bills more of a real rock place. Right. Like we're gonna start booking better shows because right. I think they were. I don't think there had been anything good in there for years right. before, like '99, 2000. Yeah. So I had been working the door, and then I ended up like. 
I would DJ sometimes on Friday nights, like, mm-hmm. you know, between the like alt rock bands, that right. would, you know, it would be like an FNX presents yeah. with right. whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would DJ that. And then I ended up working the door at Start, and Jeff had this idea of doing like a midweek version of Start that would be like a more of a punk night that would right. lean a little more punk, yeah. metal, uh, rock. So Damien and I did that. So Damien was doing two nights a week. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, with, my, with Blackout Bar, we started at Bill's. We were there for a while, then moved to the Paradise Lounge. Yeah. And then I went to Great Scott for maybe the last year. Yeah. Kind of when everybody else moved to Great yeah, Scott, like yeah. when when the Lions Group had finally like closed the door on rock, and like <laughs> yeah. they were they had used the there had been sort of the Boston beatdown video Boogeyman. Oh yeah, that yeah. sort of like that became yeah. the reason that everything <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Yeah. everything had to go. Like I was having like I had shows booked at Bills that were like literally canceled the day of, and they yeah. were like it was like the one specifically was like it was Eyes Like Knives, right? And um. God, it was like a super like right. rock show. Like there was not there was not a neck tattoo to be seen anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And it was like it was like literally day of, and I got the right. phone call like they're pulling the show, and I was Jeez. like, right. like are they afraid of Rebecca from Isaac right. Knives? Like she's like four feet tall. Right. Like she's not. No yeah. one's gonna get hurt at this. Right. But yeah, so we just kind of all made the exodus over to uh, to Great Scott, and in reality, I probably should have ended Blackout Bar with the Paradise, right. but yeah. like with all good things, you never. Yeah, everybody, yeah. every band, every band yeah, needs to do a cold, a cold Lake or you yeah. know, Grave New World. Right. Me moving to Great Scott was that album. <laughs> was that, yeah. yeah, probably shouldn't have done that yeah. one. Um, but that was a ton of fun. Yeah. And I mean, I missed. I like I I've DJed on and off out here. Not mm-hmm. not since I've moved to Long Beach for sure. Right. But I mean, it was fun doing it. But it gets yeah. to be a pain in the ass yeah. too. Yeah. Because like DJing should you're you're like you're like oh cool I get to play records I like right. and drink beer and hang out with my friends like that's fun and when it becomes a weekly thing that you have to be yeah. there and you're yeah like, and you want to have to fuck me like yeah. do I have to fucking play this shit again like I'm <laughs> right. so tired of yes this. yeah and then the winter in Boston and oh yeah there's nothing yeah, better than like... carrying a crate of records and snow and February, ice February yeah yeah you're, you're on Hoth right it's terrible <laughs> um so maybe I should do a weekly there so but there's never bad I know right yeah um. But yeah, so I was doing that, and we did some, we fucked around with some metal, like we had I Hate God play. Yeah. Um, we had Caven, I think Caven played a couple of times. Yeah. Doom Riders played, but we definitely, I would say, leaned more punkish. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of a mix of kind of anything. I mean, we yeah. didn't have any rules, and we right. certainly didn't give a fuck, so yeah, it was yeah. like, oh, we can, we can, do, we can do whatever. Right. Like, we actually had... We had High on Fire and Mastodon booked yeah. one week at Bill's, like early, like super early for right. the, both of those bands, yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And we had them like, oh yeah, we're gonna like Jeff called and was like, hey, there's this you know High on Fire Mastodon package, yeah. and I was like, I don't even think I knew who Mastodon were at yeah, the time, yeah. and like yeah, I was yeah. familiar with the name High on Fire, and I was yeah. like, okay, yeah. And then like they ended up like I think, I want to say the Boston date got like so the tour either didn't happen or they bumped to a bigger room right. or something, but I was like, oh that would have been. Especially in retrospect, that would have been, nice. been super fucking cool. Yeah, to have them here, that didn't happen. Huh. Um, but yeah, so we did. I was doing that, and then I had this record label where, so we were just going to put out rock stuff because yeah. we kind of. I mean, I guess there were still sort of some rock labels left at that point. Like Curve of the Earth was still yeah. around, yeah. Um, and I'm sure I'm I'm definitely forgetting some labels, yeah. and it's going to be super like shitty that I can't remember. But Wonder we kind Drug, of maybe was that one? Which Wonder, one? Wonder Drug. Wonder Drug. I want to say was gone by that was point. That, and yeah. Wonder Drug always skewed heavier. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, 
you know, they were the like, I mean, Wonder Drug did like Honky Ball and oh, stuff, yeah, that right? Stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so they were definitely like on the stomp yeah. box. Like yeah. they were kind of tree that, and stuff. I yeah. Was, yeah. Well, because Tree had been on Cherry Disc, right? Then yeah. I think oh, they yeah, ended that's up on. Thinking, cherry then I think they were on. I do think they yeah. were on Wonder Drug. I think we were trying to kind of be like Cherry Disc, yeah. sort of. Yeah. We were like, oh, we can just be like sort of a rock label, right? And we put out um, Favorite Atomic Hero. Mm-hmm. Um, I put out a quick fix record. We put out like 15 records. Oh, wow. I should remember more of this. But <laughs> um, we put out Frank Smith, which was uh, Aaron, who had been in the Lot 6. It was his sort of like Americana, yeah. like sort of psych Americana thing. Right. We put out a couple of his records. Nice. Um, yeah, we did a bunch of shit. Um, and I put out the Elgin James record, which right. was sort of... It was sort of songs that he had written for his previous band, which was the Jaded Salingers, who were mm-hmm. kind of like Buffalo Tom, later yeah. replacements, like yeah. that kind of world. And he sort of started going more like some of the, a couple of songs on that album had sort of like a Will Coe, yeah. Ryan Adams vibe. Yeah. And he then kind of took some new songs that he had written for that and like totally stripped them down and was like, I'm going to break this band up and I'm yeah. doing this more country, yeah. country thing. Um, I think at that time it was alt country was yeah. what what, yeah, what, what, what we called it back in the, yeah. back in those days. Yeah. Um, so I put that record out, and then we sort of we sort of kind of pieced the band together, yeah. like of different people. Uh, Brian Strawn from Otis, who oh, had yeah. also been in the Jaded Salingers, played drums for a while. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of mixing and matching, and kind of I mean. Yeah, and which I think I wish more bands would just accept the fact, like, right. hey, it's one guy, <laughs> right. and it doesn't matter who's. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Like, yeah, the, the guy that wrote the songs and right. does everything. Yeah, just sort of how Ryan Adams does it. He seems to have a different band. Oh every, yeah, all the time. Like, it's like, that's what, like, people get so worked up about that. Right. Like, Who's this guy playing? Like, who fucking cares. <laughs> yeah, it's his. Unless it's like, yeah, unless it's yeah. like a a certain two people in a band. Right, sure, right. But like, yeah. it's like, oh, so, like people like. People complaining about like Queens of the Stone Age lineup. Like right. Josh has written everything yeah, pretty yeah. much. Like he collaborates with different right. people that come in and out of the band. But yeah. it doesn't fucking matter. Right. Yeah. Like he's not hiring some guy that he found at a random <clears throat> bar to come in yeah. and play drums. Like right. you know whoever's playing drums in the yeah. band's going it's to be gonna good. Be it's the same thing with Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Like, yeah. Trent Reznor's not like running a fucking <laughs> Craigslist ad. <laughs> right. Like looking for Josh Freeze is playing drums. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. So but yeah, so we put out a bunch of records and then yeah, I ended up playing in the band when he was like, Oh, you yeah. could probably pull this off. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this would be cool, nice. and it was fun. We did some, yeah. did some cool shows. Yeah, and but yeah, and, and then and then yeah, life <laughs> life happened. Yeah. He actually stri- it was amazing because he, we kept stripping the band down. Like because yeah. I think when we started, we had like a female backup singer. Yeah, another guitar like he sang and played guitar. Another guitarist, bass, drums, me. And then like by the time it ended, it was like my friend Josh, who was my partner at the label. It was he had been the drummer, so yeah. by the time we ended, it was literally him, him <laughs> with like a shaker or like yeah. one piece of percussion and yeah. Elgin with an acoustic guitar. Like, <laughs> it, it got big, and yes. we just every show it was like, yeah. I think we're gonna get rid of the lead guitar, and then it was like, I think we should just get rid of this, and yeah. it was like, all right, cool, don't need <laughs> me anymore. Yeah, it's right. just just me, yeah. Right. Like he's like, I'm just gonna play by myself. And it was like, cool. Yeah, is he st- he's uh, still playing? Is he still playing music? No. Well, is he did. Com- he composed some of the music for. Little Birds, which was yeah. the, fi- the the film, film he, he did. Yeah. He did a lot of this, a lot of the soundtrack for yeah. that. He r- wrote, recorded. Okay. Um, but no, he create. I mean, he's the co-creator of Mayans. Mayans yeah, yeah. So, so he's, he's got some. He's got music. some other stuff going on. <laughs> a couple little. Yeah, he's a couple not, little things. Yeah. yeah, he's not playing in a band with playing me. shows. With yeah, <laughs> yeah. Me with a shitty shaker, <laughs> out of, off time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then, you, uh, what did you do after that? You worked at uh, Prosthetic. 
Yeah, so I sort of later on. Yeah, I moved out here in I moved out here at the end of 2006. Okay. And kind of farted around and did the same sort of stuff out here. Like I yeah. I DJed here and there. Mm-hmm. Um I did I worked at a I worked at an uh nightclub called Safari Sam's for a while mm-hmm. until they ran themselves out of business as yeah. rock clubs are apt to do. Yeah. Um and then I worked at a bar for another bar called Footsie's that Greg Dooley is one of the owners of. Oh, yeah. He's got he owns he and if some partners own a, a handful of some cool cooler yeah. bars over yeah. there. Mm-hmm. So that was fun, like really awesome, like awesome jukeboxes. Yeah. Like yeah, it's but, everything you'd want out of a yeah, bar. Yeah. Like it's yeah, like a course. cool old man bar with like an amazing jukebox, <laughs> right. like yeah. really good programming. Nice. Um, and then yeah, I ended up at Prosthetic. I was there for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, I got hired as the publicist, yeah. which I had never done before. But my degree is actually in PR, so I was yeah. like. Yeah, I can. And you had been I, around I, the music I, scene and a yeah. bunch of different sort of. So yeah, things. I mean, I had I had managed bands, I had put out records, I had sort of worked in a bunch of different things. So I was like, yeah, I can I can figure out. Publi- I mean, how difficult right. is doing publicity for a, a metal label? Like, I can right. figure this out. Like, yeah. we they had a mailing list. Yeah. So, and I could write a press release. Yeah. It's like one thing that I'm actually still fairly capable yeah. of doing. Right. So yeah, I was there for a few years, and I kind of. I mean, I, my title was always like d- director of promotions or whatever. Right. But I mean, by the end, I had signed a couple of bands. I was doing more like product management with or A and R, whatever you right. want to call it, mm-hmm. um, on a couple of different projects. Yeah. You know, because stuff would just sort of get handed out around the office. Right. Like, yeah. I'm too busy for this. Mark, <laughs> you hand you deal with this band right. from now on. It was yeah. like, oh, nice. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was there for a few years and decided that I was wanted to just get back into doing band management full-time yeah and a f- another manager i knew with another company had he had ended up moving into my building because i had be- oh i so about six months after moving to la i ended up becoming the property manager of like the 18 unit building i lived in okay and it eventually became known as it became known as little baghdad and then the compound because <laughs> yeah. i mean it actually did look like it was in a war-torn part of <laughs> yeah. baghdad yeah um, where was this, this it's an echo park yeah so we were just like we were down the street from the gentrification line like now if you go there's like this like there's this fancy bar called like the Henry, like downstairs oh, yeah, yeah. and stuff, but it was like there was none of that around when, <laughs> yeah, when, that we, were, when we moved in. Yeah. But throughout the years, it would be like it became like, oh, Mark, Mark is a property manager. Like, call him. Like, so there was like probably a half dozen apartments that were people from Boston, huh. like in the music scene that had moved yeah. out here, and then there was like other friends and stuff. <laughs> so like the whole build, the whole building was almost like this weird like Melrose place of people that worked in like punk rock right. and metal. Like, That's awesome. you know, it was like oh, like newfound. Like newfound glory's guitar tack lived right. down there with the dude that like tour managed Cold Cave right. and like it was huh. like oh we just had a bunch of just yeah. misfits yeah. in the building um so yeah this other manager had ended up moving into my building and um, so I used to talk to him we used to hang out and you know have beers and just shoot the shit and stuff yeah. and so I decided to like he was like oh yeah, I can bring you into our company like right. so I decided to leave prosthetic and went in and started doing management full-time so that's yeah. more or less what i've done for the past like six years now yeah like i pick up other gigs here and there and do right. some other random stuff i feel yeah. like kind of everybody out here does like yeah a few things yeah it's sort of hustling yeah to, to, i mean because you kind of have to yeah yeah um and this is where this is where i would be like uh, like a shark i gotta keep moving but no it's like you just kind of right. have to yeah like, yeah so yeah so i've been managing bands again full-time for six years yeah. i was with a co- i was with that company for a while yeah and then kind of just shifted off in my own direction and yeah. sort of have been more or less doing my own thing. Yeah. I mean, it is my own thing right. at this point. Walk like, among us. 
Walk Among Us is my actual is the actual legal business because yeah. I'm I'm a, like I'm a legal entity, right. but like but you don't I, really use it. Yeah, right. it's like my I, my email is like Mark at Mark Vienna right. at this point. Like <laughs> right. I was like, why well, confuse people? Yeah, um, yeah. So I and, mean, so yeah, I just kind of work on my own stuff and nice. And who who are some of the bands you you work with? Right now, um, I work with I manage thirteen forty nine from Norway. Yeah. I do, only do them in North America. They have right. another guy who handles the rest of the world for right. them. Um, Black Tusk, The Casualties, Ringworm, Silver Snakes, Tombs. Uh, I picked up a band earlier this year called Cloak from Atlanta. Nice. They're a really young band, and they're yeah. like. You might take them. Yeah. I think they're super awesome. Yeah. They get a lot of they get a lot of comparisons to Tribulation. Oh yeah. Um and it's not the best comparison but it's also not that far off. Right. Like they ride some line between like classic southern rock and black yeah. metal. Oh nice. It's interesting. Yeah, I dig, I dig them. Yeah. So I'm super excited to pick them up and I got yeah. to see I hadn't seen them when I started working with them. Right. So I got to see them out at Psycho Vegas a couple of months ago. Oh nice. And it was they were great and that was yeah. an awesome festival. Right. Um I think that's all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. <laughs> I think I, yeah, I think I covered it. I tried to go alphabetical and then yeah, I was going to say you did, Yeah, you did go alphabetical. But yeah, um, that's the only way I can remember. And then I'm like, <laughs> I definitely forgot somebody. Yeah, and, and we're like so, bands nowadays touring, compared to bands touring in the '90s or mm. '80s, even. You know, what are some of the challenges for you? Like, well, there's no money. With, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, look, I'm sure. I'm sure to some extent, like punk rock touring and. Like even metal touring is right. probably not drastically different. I right. mean, obviously, it's like to some extent, it's easier to book a tour now. Like yeah. I don't book tours, right? Like, but like for an agent, like it, there's a higher level of technology and communication. Like right. I know in like the '80s, '90s, like people would send like letters, like, right. "Hey, my band Black Flag wants yeah. to play." Like, right. you know, SSG, can you put right. a show on? Like, <laughs> right. sure, show up on this date. Like, yeah. I mean, we're obviously like beyond that. Yeah, thank yeah. God. Right. But I mean, also in a lot of ways, music scenes, the music scene is a lot smaller. Yeah. Um, it's tougher to get people out to shows. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely, I'm not one of those like doom and gloom, rock is dead people. Right. But I'm also acknowledging the fact that rock is very close to what blues, rock to the new generation is what like blues is or, the, or yeah. jazz is right. to us. Yeah. Like yeah. it's sort of like a, <clears throat> not a dead, but it's a. Yeah, it's. It, yeah, it's not super relevant right. anymore. Yeah. There's just not as many kids come out to shows. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. like I and I hate that. Like, this sounds like the old guy about millennials, but like, there's other shit kids do. Yeah, like, they yeah. watch kids watch kids play video games. I like, know. Twitch is like a yeah. super thing. I know. I don't get it, yeah. but it's not for me. Yeah, like yeah. it's not for forty-one-year-old dudes. Yeah, like that's exactly. why I have Mastodon records, right. or you know, yeah. or my wrestling <clears throat> fucking right. networks on TV. <clears throat> right. But yeah, I mean, it's tougher to get kids out. Yeah. Right now, we're definitely dealing like, and this is like a very very like relevant to right now thing like we're definitely dealing with more and more markets like across yeah. the country that are just not able to do shows anymore right. like there's more you know there was always those like st louis st louis is an example like st louis isn't great but you kind of got to play there to get between point a and point right. b i'm do, looking at more and more t tour routings now where i'm like there's three or four st louis's right. yeah, to yeah. get from it's really good to get from point a to point f right there's like just like yeah, this town isn't really yeah. doing it anymore. Like yeah. right now, I just I just had a tour go through Texas, and the numbers were like super low, like right. to the point where we were like, this doesn't make any sense. And I was right. talking to another manager, and he was like, 
I just had tour X go through there, and yeah. it was this every other tour, every other show on the tour did huh. 300, 400 people. Right. Texas was doing under 100 a night. Wow. Like, and it's like, it's the South is really bad. Yeah. Like, huh. it's the South especially, but it's becoming more and more. Yeah. So it's kind of difficult, and it's like, it's definitely like, obviously, like the cost of gas isn't getting right. cheaper. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's still like shows are ten, like 10 bucks. Yeah, you can't yeah. really charge more than 15, right. maybe 20 right. for yeah. like a punk show, maybe. Yeah. Right. But I mean, shows were $10 in yeah. 1993 when I, I started going to shows <laughs> and they're still about the same. But I yeah. was also in 1993, I was paying 83 cents a gallon yeah. for gas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I, it's three eighty three right, 83 right yeah. now up the street. And great yeah. to California, I know gas yeah, is yeah. super expensive. It's not yeah, like I've noticed that, that back home. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I have a Prius. Yeah. I was like, I'll never drive one of those. And I was like, oh. Yeah. I get 400 miles from <laughs> tank. I'm fucking yeah. going to get another one of these after this. Ten of them, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm never getting a regular car again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a challenge. There's less and less. Like the the web makes everything right. accessible, which is good. Yeah. But there's no filter. Right. So it's sort of like the, the idea like, oh, anybody can put music on the Internet. Yeah. Like, OK, that's great. Except where is where is that filter now? Right. Like, there's so much crap right. that like who gets covered. Right. There's no more magazine. I mean, well, that's actually yeah. not true. Decibel right. and Revolver, both right. still, and you know, I absolutely love those. Yeah. But it's not like that's it. And they yeah. only have so many pages. Like yeah. those dudes can only crank out so right. much stuff. And like, there's just a sea of, and there's like again, there's no quality control. Yeah. It's like sort of Nirvana ruined bands by being like, hey, anybody, right. anybody with a guitar and a yeah. heart can do this. Right. It was like, no, don't tell people that because now <laughs> everybody thinks they can do it. The yeah. internet's kind of done the same thing. Yeah. Like, well, hey, there's now you don't even have to save up that two thousand yeah. dollars to yeah. record a demo. Like, yeah. you just need one asshole friend with yeah. a with a recording program, and yeah. oh, we have a we have a demo online. Yeah, fantastic. So there's like a lot of clutter. It's tougher to get people out. Yeah. Um, I mean, artists it's, have to work harder too and it's yeah sort of how i feel too with this podcast there's you there's the amount 20 of 20 million podcasts oh yeah there. i mean it's kind of like we still i mean i was doing that wrestling podcast and we kind of i, I wouldn't say we've stopped right. we still talk about doing one once right. in a while, but we were doing like one a week and it yeah. was just kind of like man this is i had to slow down too i was doing one a week and i was like it's a lot of work yeah it's a lot of work and like yeah you gotta send you gotta like you're plugging it and plugging it right and then like you're doing like you're sending out like, hey, would you would you mind would you want to do an interview on yeah. this? And people are like, oh, how many listeners do you have? Right. And it's like, <laughs> right. What what else do you have right. going on right now? Yeah, honestly, exactly. come on. Yeah. Like I'm not like I'm not. And this right. isn't like I'm trying to get right. a hold yeah. of WWE yeah, yeah. people. Right. I'm like, yeah, of course. Like yeah, what would you? Yeah. Know, local restaurant. Like, how, right. many, how many <laughs> listeners do you have? I've never. Thankfully, I haven't experienced that yet. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, because you interview mostly people right. you know. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing with people we knew it was easy, right. but when it yeah. got to be like, oh, let's try to get a hold of this person. Yeah. Oh. Never mind then. Yeah. So it just gets frustrating. But yeah, like it, I mean, it requires like bands or someone on a band's team like has to be like super social yeah. media savvy. Yeah. Unless your thing is that you're completely not. Right. You know, it's you're like just, yeah. it's like there are DIY bands that are very successful. Right. You know, like or bands that don't have managers or bands right. that like put out their own. I yeah. guess putting out their own records would be DIY. Yeah. But like, there are situations where that works, and there are definitely bands that are like, yeah, we have no social media. Yeah. And people are like. Oh shit! Yeah, it's weird, right? But then, yeah, but, like, but it works. I, luckily, with mo I, most of the bands I work with, I, most of them are fairly good. Yeah. At social media, which yeah. at this point, for especially Facebook, is kind of dead. Yeah. It's kind of more or less Instagram. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. So most of my bands are fairly decent at Doing Instagramming. Yeah. yeah, I guess if the artists, two are younger, 
they're going to be more tapped into that. Kind it's of even stuff my too. it's even my ringworms and stuff. Yeah. Like their fans are really like, and yeah. I mean that's not a young demographic. Yeah, band. of course. Um, but yeah, like you know, like thirteen forty nine are very like they do social. I mean, they're a Norwegian black metal band. Right. They have they they do social media, but it's very select. Yeah. Like they're not like posting like. Here hey, we are in the hotel. Getting exactly. Ready for the show. Like it's not like Raven making dinner. Ooh, right. You know, it's we like, went to Starbucks. Yeah, We're here it'll in Minnesota be somewhere. It's very calculated yeah. and like. You know, here is our here is our new T-shirt. Right. <laughs> here is the festival we will be headlining next yeah. month. Yeah. Come experience Hellfire. <laughs> like, boom, that's yeah. it. Quick in and out. Yeah. No chatting. How was how was that dealing with them? They're uh, awesome. Uh, yeah. They're awesome. That ho- that world is very cool. Yeah. People like, I mean, it's a, it's a little scary. Yeah. But like, yeah. right. No, I mean, they're yeah. all, they're great dudes. Yeah. I mean, maybe they, I'm blowing up. Maybe I'm like blowing up their spot. Like, no, they're evil. They they try to stab me when they're here. No, they're just like super yeah. nice guys. Yeah. They they totally get it. Yeah. Um, you know, I I wish they were, I wish they would put out a new album. Right. But right. I yeah. mean, because I want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. But like, they sort of move at their own pace. <laughs> right. You know, like that's the sort of the. I would say that in general with black metal, like those bands are less beholden to the sort of record cycle concept. Right. Like, like once they, a year. They kind of do it. Yeah. I mean, I would like. Most record cycles are probably two years, even though at this point, like, God, I was at I was at a conference, a conference. I use that kind of loosely. A <laughs> few years ago, where Brian Slagle, owner, the owner and founder of Metal Blade, mm-hmm. like he said then that like your rec- the life of a record is like I think I think he said seven weeks yeah. at that point, and I don't even think it's that long now. Yeah. Like you've basically like the first month your record is out, that's, that's what your record you to. is gonna sell unless you're like you know a 21 right. pilots or foo fighters where you're yeah. on the radio and you're getting singles right people are like oh i'm buying this i'm buying this but yeah. like really you're selling it's about reaching your core fan base and yeah. that's you want to make sure your fans know you have a record coming yeah. out and those are probably the people that are going to buy the you know buy it on lp yeah. right like they're going to drop the 20 25 yeah. bucks because that's realistically what you got to charge yeah. for an album yeah which sucks but so it is the merch now too with, with bands yeah more so then yeah i mean I don't want to like. Would I? It would be wrong for me to say that we don't that the bands I work with don't see royalties, but it's right. definitely not even what it was right. when I first started working with bands yeah. twenty years ago. Right. What is starting to happen though is, and a lot of people like are a little. Spotify is coming around yeah. with the artist compensation, right. and you're starting to see more and more revenue coming from Spotify. Because I was at Prosthetic at that time when Spotify launched here in the U.S. Yeah. and I think we may have been one of the labels that were not on Spotify at first right. and were like taking the stand. And there were right. several labels that were yeah. very vocal in yeah. our world, especially that yeah. were like, this is fucking bullshit. Right. You yeah. know, like, you know, we can't, you can't give us, you know, point zero 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 one cent per play. Like <laughs> right. it's gotta be, you know, and now you're like looking at more and more labels and like, I work with a bunch of different labels and right. like, I hear it from a majority of the labels that like, yeah, most of our revenue is the Spotify stuff yeah. now. So Spotify is starting to like it's starting to it's like what everybody what a lot of people predicted back then, which was the ship would eventually start to right itself. Yeah. And once that happened, the money would be there. And that's the reason you see a lot of like some companies that are going out and buying cattle, either buying out other labels or buying out catalogs is because that's what's going to happen. Like they're buying they're basically buying these catalogs that are sitting there for pennies on the dollar now in hopes that somebody streams like the jets to brazil album because right. people are yeah, going to yeah. stream that for the yeah, next 30 years yeah. so like cool like right. we're going to own all this catalog yeah. now nice and a lot of the bigger uh holdouts have started to come around in the last couple of years acdc 
Bob Seger wasn't on uh, wasn't on Spotify. Which yeah. I didn't know. I just I randomly saw. An I article, would not know that either. Or maybe someone posted on. Facebook I remember. I remember because wasn't ACDC not on iTunes yeah, for a long time? On, yeah, either yeah iTunes or uh, because Spotify. I wasn't there a thing that they didn't think the record should be broken up. Yeah, yeah. Which I, they it's, it's a valid. It's a, good, it's a very yeah, valid point. Yeah, it's a very old way of thinking. But, but that's I'm, yeah. But that's how people like us think. But. Yeah, you as someone in the business know that that's yeah people. That's don't. not how young people think. I think some do, then it's. I definitely like I said. I I was talking to somebody. Oh, the Atlas Moth is another yeah. band I work oh, with, I and I because I was having this conversation with yeah. the Atlas Moth last week because they were here with uh, on the Paradise Lost tour, yeah. and um, you know it was like we were there with the label, which happens to be Prosthetic, my old boss, and you know they were like, well, what do you what what should we start to think focus on next? Yeah. And we were like writing a new record. Yeah. And it's like already, and it's like, well, yeah, your record came out in February. Like yeah. it's not it's not gonna hurt to start writing yeah. now. And I was like, if to be honest with you, like if I had my way, like if I could really, if I was like this like Doc McGee esque manager, yeah. you know, right. like Brian Epstein, like <laughs> I would have my bands doing records every year. Yeah, yeah. Because that's. Yeah. Like spend less time w- working on the record, which I know sounds shitty, but like right. that's sort of the yeah. Like if you're gonna go out and do like a pro- like keep going, right? Like I would do a record every year, yeah. and like and I don't think there's a pro- I don't think there's anything wrong with doing EPs or singles yeah. or yeah. like kind of actually going back to more of the old model of yeah. how rock and roll was. Yeah. Like even yeah. like you know like the Clash and stuff, yeah. like putting out a couple yeah, of singles, singles a year and stuff. Yeah. Like I think like Cloak just did a um. It it was digital only. I think it'll it will eventually come out on seven inch. But they just they recovered. Um, sorry, they covered they covered London Dungeon. Oh, nice. And they released that and um, like a demo of one of their album tracks yeah. on Halloween. Oh, I saw. Yeah, yeah. It, was, the, uh, it looks like three hits from hell. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's, it's yeah. that artwork yeah, that so they just they flip yeah. their they put their eyes yeah. in it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. nice. But um, yeah, and I thought that was super cool, yeah. and people react like people yeah. reacted to it. You yeah. know, I mean, granted, it's Halloween, you did a right. Misfits cover, yeah. like it, but but that's the kind of stuff I think fans love that kind of stuff. Yeah, for stuff. sure, and I'm sure when that seven inch comes out, like people will buy it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because again, like it doesn't matter that it's not matching up on the on the right. same dates because yeah. people that are going to buy it are going to buy it, or they're it. not going to buy it. Right. Yeah. Like it's just it's more a matter of creating the awareness that like oh the casualties have a new record out yeah. than it is trying to convince someone to right. buy a casualties record because yeah. you've already decided like i like this band i don't yeah. like this band right like when i'm trying to think of a good example for me but like like mastodon like yeah. when mastodon put a record out i'm more likely than not buying that record yeah. like i've already made that decision yeah you know like yeah. as i have the rest of them right like if yeah. black sabbath put out a new record right. i would buy it yeah. but like that's certainly certain not, bands that are just in yeah. my. I always gonna support them and buy their records. Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah. So that's a real long answer. Yeah, yeah. No, to that question, yeah. I guess. Yeah. No, I, mean, I was wondering too with like Spotify how that's with sort of small. Yeah, Spotify bands. and like Apple Music <clears> for sh- like for sure. Um, I mean Apple Music is is not as big as Spotify. Yeah. But I mean like they're both really supportive of artists. Like yeah. those playlists and stuff. Like. That's what's so fucking crazy. It's like that's become a th- that's sort of a thing now where like that's become the new pr- like yeah. the new press. Like, oh, can we get a feature in right? You know, in Rip right? Like, or you know, like <laughs> right. it's like oh, can we like oh, we're on the new like the new metal not not and new right. metal like yeah, yeah. new like current right. metal playlist yeah. on Spotify right. like because people fucking listen to them yeah yeah like my, my girlfriend listens to those like ex- ex- whatever recommended for you or yeah. exploring playlists all like that's all what I do time. at work every day. Do they do the uh, made for you ones and yeah, yeah or yeah. release radar like here's I, what you we think you're gonna like this coming out yes soon yeah yeah stuff. yeah and that i've discovered m- multiple bands yeah i have i have a few of those like I, they got the recommended for you which are super funny because they're yeah. like 
they're broken up to be different, but they're yeah. so similar. Yeah, yeah. Like where I'm like, guys, just make, make one list. Like <laughs> yeah, one yeah. is like slightly more hardcore leaning, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. one is more, slightly more like yeah. death black metal. One is right. slightly more doom, but it's like kind of all the same yeah. thing. I'm like, yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, like uh, the dude Blasco who mm. plays bass with Ozzy, and he's yeah. in Zach Sabbath, and yeah. he managed also manages a bunch of bands. Yeah. Um, he has a I think it's called Volume Forever, but he started a like a Doom playlist that oh, I nice. subscribe to. That he oh, right. fucking yeah, just some add super stuff to it. yeah, add stuff to it all the time. That's like super cool. Lots yeah. of bands I've never heard oh, of. Nice. That I was like, oh cool. Yeah, I like I like the idea of the the playlist like the playlists on there and yeah, and that just, kind of thing. The Casualties just did one. Yeah, I was like, well, artists. Yeah, artists yeah, like it's artist <clears throat> artist curated. Yeah, you yeah. know, but like people like people seem to dig it. I mean, I I appreciate it as a fan. Yeah, like, yeah definitely. I definitely I don't do as much of the new new the new radar the new releases right. on your radar stuff. Yeah, I definitely like that. One cool thing that I like with Spotify is like I'll totally I'll find myself going like whatever band like random band yeah and then i'll just be like i'm gonna listen to the discography yeah yeah i do a lot yeah, of that like yeah. i'll be like merciful fate listen to the entire <laughs> yeah, discography right. like in two days and I'm like, yeah. okay cool like, <laughs> see move. if this stuff you might have yeah out ne- at next band yeah exactly like yeah. what did i forget yeah i have multiple folders on there oh wow playlists within them and for each like different artists and yeah i did and stuff i did a playlist i did a playlist earlier like some i guess it was this summer where I was trying to do the like, oh, check out what Mark's listening to. Right. No, nobody listened yeah, to nobody, it. I listened I to it. I listened <laughs> I to it a bunch. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, because I put like I put a couple songs from the most recent releases of all my artists, and then yeah. some just other stuff that had come out yeah. in the past year or so that yeah. I liked. Right. You know, it's just like yeah. oh, maybe somebody will, I can turn somebody on to something. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't even think my girlfriend <laughs> listened to it, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, this uh... didn't hurt me at all. <laughs> It seems like there's definitely two camps with Spotify, and uh, well, that's it's good to hear that it's sort of coming around a little for yeah. I push the I push the shit out of it first because I've always loved it, and uh, and I use it to then because I still buy music, mm-hmm. so yeah. I use it because it's convenient to play my music. Yeah, like I I definitely listened to the Mastodon record before I bought it. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, same the yeah. Queens, the New Queens of the Stone right. Age. Like when those, yeah. I was just like, oh. Yeah, cool bands that I normally would buy, but yeah, yeah. I, I'll definitely listen beforehand. Because right. what if it is their cold link? Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what we, what, we yeah. what happens then? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's the self-titled Motley Crue record, like, which is actually a really good record. But that's the one with the other singer. Yeah. Karabi. That's probably. The, I definitely get. I'm definitely in the weird minority on this one. Yeah. That's one of their better records. Yeah. It doesn't sound yeah. anything like Motley yeah, Crue. Yeah. It's like a totally different yeah. band, but it's really <laughs> fucking good. Yeah. People have been talking about those on uh, Facebook recently, like. Not guilty pleasures, but I, I can't remember who had a. Someone had a thread up recently of uh, albums that were those kind of albums that were the weird albums. The weird albums. Yeah, and, I'm definitely know, like your sort of because I I love uh, Grave New World by Discharge, even though it doesn't fit. Right, that, right. You know, but I like that record. I think it's uh, yeah at the time. Yeah, no, and like I see, like I love. Um, Sound of White Noise by Anthrax. That's, the, from, the, the, that's, that's my favorite Anthrax. It's album. Fucking good, right? Yeah. I'm, I per I I think State of Euf- not State of Euphoria Among the Living is my favorite. Yeah, it's, and to yeah. me is probably it's probably my favorite thrash album of that era. Yeah. Like Metallica, everybody oh, yeah. included. Yeah. Um, and I still maintain that had John Bush sung on those albums, yeah. Anthrax would definitely be more, would be on a higher rung at yeah. this point. Yeah. Why like, do you Why do you think they get like a, they seem to get a bad rap? Why do you think that is? I I don't I personally like Belladonna is 
uh, people hate them. That they're, vo- like, they're so corny and they definitely were. But they, yeah, I think that's probably why I liked them as a kid. Yeah, as opposed to Slayer, who I was like, this is scary. My parents won't let, yeah. probably won't like let me bring this home. Yeah, Anthrax were super goofy and had yeah. skateboards and yeah. wore jams yeah. and were like State of the Euphoria looked like uh, Mad Magazine. I think they've maybe the people that drew. Yes, the, I think the, yeah, yeah. It was the, like the the morphed faces, yeah. right? And then the the like the picture on the back, I think it was maybe a cartoon drawing of them. Maybe I think with it, the, you, but I, you I may very well them, be. But correct I, I love them. them. I still listen to. Um, yeah, I love them on Living. I think the vocal style is very dated, and I'm yeah. sure that's I'm yeah. sure that's why they got rid of him and yeah. brought in John Bush. But then right. they turned into like a like an alt rock band. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that record's really good. Yeah, that one's good. And the one after it was pretty good. Stomp. Was that Stomp Four Four Two? Yeah. Okay. And I don't think I. I don't remember the. Well, you know what record's really good is the. Uh, I think it's called Greater or Two Evils. It's the li- oh, It's yeah. the live record yeah. with Bush doing all the yeah, Belladonna era songs. Yeah. yeah, that's good stuff. It's quality. Yeah. yeah. In Metallica, where do you, where do you stop with them? <laughs> um, well, I love the first three records. Yeah. I am not a, even though Injustice for All, as I referenced earlier, was like yeah. the first record that I remember coming out and I yeah. buying like being like a first week buyer type. Yeah. Don't like that record. Yeah, yeah. I have trouble going back yeah. to it. It's weird. It's a tough, tough list. I like the black record way more. I love the black just, record. Yeah. The black record is just a really good hard rock record. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. a Led Zeppelin four right. of yeah. Argent, you know, of yeah, the nineties. Yeah. Like yeah. it was one of the best hard rock records yeah. of yeah. That's that a period. Record too. Oh yeah, but I, right. I get it because like right. they sounded like this and then they sounded right. like that. They just happened to. I mean, it's what Anthrax tried to right. do, except Metallica sold. 20 million right. copies of that yeah. record and yeah. became one of the biggest bands of all yeah. time. Yeah. And, and, came, and then after that, it's real touch yeah, and go for guess, me. Yeah. I actually had, um, I remember being in college. Uh, it, was, it was actually when I was in Maryland. My friend, my roommate's friend showed up and he was like, have you seen the new whatever magazine? I was right. like, no. He's like, there's this band on the cover. My friend was obsessed with John Frusciante. Yeah. Um, and had like some of the same tattoos and sort of dressed like him, like wore yeah. like vintage vintage shoes yeah. and like suspenders, and old right. man, like just like an old man. Yeah. And he's like, "There's this band on the back of whatever magazine, and they're kind of dressed like me, but I can't figure out who they are." Right. And I was like, "All right, next time I'm in the student union, I'll like I'll go to the bookstore or whatever." Yeah. And I looked and I was like, "Oh my fuck, this is Metallica!" <laughs> like what happened? Like because right. they were all wearing like yeah. the like the. The wing, the black and white, the two toned yeah. wingtips, yeah, and like yeah. they all had the facial pierce. Yeah, it was like, yeah. well, and I only figured it out because the logo, because they were using the the M as a star. Oh yeah, like yeah. it was a repeating yeah. M, and yeah. I was like, oh yeah. my god, yeah. like what the hell happened? <laughs> now, I have revisited. I actually had to get my. I got Stavros from the Atlas Moth, who's a huge Metallica fan. Yeah. Um, I had him put. I listened to him on a podcast. This other guy, Ryan Downey, has a podcast called Speak and Destroy. Yeah, that's all oh. about Metallica. Oh, really? Oh, um, I gotta look for that. That's awesome, and it's yeah. worth checking out. Nice. Um, but Stavros was on that, defending yeah. his love for those records. Oh, so really? I was like, I was like, hey, do me a favor. It's like <laughs> put put together a Spotify playlist for me. Yeah. Make me the one good record out of Load and Reload. Yeah, and there is a good record yeah, between yeah. them. Yeah, there's a couple. But it's sort of that use your illusion thing. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. you probably yeah, should have just made one good, good record. Yeah. I think that came out the same day as the Black Album, or maybe the same. It was definitely the same era, same for sure. Or something, because that was when we were doing uh, Midnight's. I worked at uh, Rocket Records up in uh, oh. Saugus, and we were doing those Midnight Sales. That was always fun when 
new records would come out. Like I remember. Black album. I remember. I you know what? I was I was never that enthused to go at midnight. Yeah, by yeah it wasn't either. I either. definitely did with yeah. with one of my old roommates. He wanted to. He absolutely needed the Springsteen. I think it was the <sighs> Rising. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, we so had we, that. Yeah. yeah, so we drove. Like I, he was like, yeah. "Do you want to drive in drive into town?" I was living <laughs> in Braintree. He's like, "Do you want to drive into town at midnight?" And yeah. I was like, "Sure." Yeah, which is weird to think they were still doing that because that was two thousand one. That was the. Was that one or two? I think it was one because it was the the album after September 11th that had songs sort of yeah I mean, so yeah it probably came out in 2002 yeah because yeah. 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 I, I think yeah. this is when uh hadn't Tower had moved to uh Boylston yeah right at yeah. that point yeah is it is there a guitar center there now like where BCN was, like that block yeah. where BCN was oh yeah I yeah. think Tower had moved over yeah, there yeah. yeah you're right does that sound I think. God, Something was over. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Yeah, I feel like it did. <laughs> yeah. I forgot. I have forgotten yeah. everything. Yeah, well, that's cool. Guilty pleasures and those. The guilty. Those. Yeah, <laughs> I no. I stand by. I'm not. That is not a guilty yeah. pleasure for me. I stand by. Yeah, there's a lot of those bands that are that caught. Like you were talking about Mastodon, Queens, the Stone Age, Foo Fighters. Yeah, I, li- I like all those bands, and those are bands that people get very triggered by <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean I think you and we, I think on Facebook we've discussed the like Dave Grohl like yeah. the people like I think the, the general <laughs> resentment towards him is he is he is. he's everywhere well yeah he's definitely a little overexposed yeah. I'm not, that's right. it for sure right. but he's definitely like he's gotten like he's gotten successful multiple times yeah. and like he's right. a cool dude who just right. does what he wants yeah. and like yeah. I'm kind of not as big of like the most recent record like they've definitely just become a 70s hard rock yeah band. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I kind of fell off yeah a few albums ago but but like that's like they're definitely like you know i you know i I, i'm trying to think i'm trying to like they're definitely like molly hatchet at this point that's that's their thing they're just like a 70s hard rock band yeah and like you know but hey whatever he does cool shit he takes out cool bands right right yeah you know he did he he's you know he's involved with that cow jam Oh yeah, that's back, which yeah, was like yeah. a seventies, eighties yeah, yeah. thing. That yeah, yeah. that they're like they're the yeah the festival, the overseers of right. or whatever. But it's got cool bands. Yeah, I think yeah. even the obsessed or Saint Vitus played it last year. Like yeah. they had a couple of cool fucking yeah. older bands on it. Yeah, I know. I I picked this trip at the wrong time because there's a cool festival next week with Scream and oh Power of the, the Riff, Power of the Riff. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, Sun playing and yeah, so. and the, the Sonics are playing yeah, the, the pre party. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Do you miss uh, the East Coast? Absolutely Dude. not. Yeah. Look, dude, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's November. I know. I know. I know. It is a little you, chilly. Yeah, well, I'm, you're in I'm short sleeves. Yeah, I, I, I knew it was going to be cold. I yeah. put a sweatshirt on. I know. I probably <laughs> should have done that, but... I mean, I was before you came. I was like debating. I was like, should I put shorts on? I was like, no, yeah. I gotta. I was like, I gotta guess. I gotta put pants on. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I love the weather yeah. here. Yeah. There's like, you know, like the, the the general complaints about California are like traffic sucks. Yeah. Gas is expensive. Yeah, I don't think the cost of living is any worse than if right. I was in if I was in yeah. Metro Boston. Yeah, exactly. You know, it'd be different if I was like, oh, I like I live in New Bedford right. versus Long Beach or right. LA. But like, yeah. this is like you know, this is Worcester or Providence. Yeah. So right. I think the cost of living is pretty yeah definitely. comparable. Yeah, and the beach is right there. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm not even a beach guy, but right. I sort of am now. Right. Yeah. Like I'm like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> like I can just like walk and see the right. ocean. Yeah. Do you get? Have you been back east? Uh, I go back. A, I try to go back twice a year. Yeah. Um. I mean, my, my parents are getting older. Yeah. Um. I I still have a grandparent yeah. who's ninety four. Oh wow. So I try to go back, or she'll be ninety four like next yeah. week. Um. I try to go back twice a year while my parents are in Massachusetts. Right. They've gotten like now that they're settling into retirement, their schedule is getting a lot more yeah, like yeah. kind of <laughs> like flying by the seat of right. our pants, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. I need to know when you're leaving. <laughs> right. Um. 
so I am next month. I'm going to see them in Florida for a nice. few days, um, and I was down there last year too. But so I won't. The main reason that I'm trying to go back to Massachusetts specifically, I mean, a because I have still have a ton of friends. So yeah. I do make a, I try to make an effort to get it to Boston yeah. or at least Providence for right. one night and yeah. like do something. Mm-hmm. But like my grandmother's not going to be around a lot right. longer, so I feel like it. The twice a year, right? So of course my parents are like, "I oh, don't, don't worry about it." I'm like, "I have, right. I have Catholic guilt. I'm not right. even Catholic. <laughs> so you raised me like this." Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I do try to get back. So I'll yeah. probably be back in April or May. Yeah. But again, like they might decide they're ex- they're <laughs> extending. They really like Florida. Yeah. So they're ex- extending the period of time oh, that they yeah. spend in Florida, like yeah. year by year. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of my friends' parents have been doing that, where they like they used to leave at like Thanksgiving and come back. Oh yeah, like my parents are like March. Now they're like September. Like, like you get a you get a leaf that turns like orange. They're like, pack up the car, honey. We're we're on the way. Yeah, they do like. I mean, they're out at this point like pretty early October, and they yeah. don't come back until almost Labor Day. Yeah. I'm sorry, a Memorial Day, right? Because they they uh, they became Floridians. Like they yeah. got licenses for down oh, yeah. there, so they can oh, vote okay. there. Yeah, yeah. Because my. They don't want to throw away their presidential vote in Massachusetts. <laughs> this is a different topic for a different time. So right. they have, so they legally have to spend six months in a day uh, and a year there, oh, and they're very like, can't leave until next week. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, like no one is gonna know. Yeah. But nice, yeah, cool. So yeah, I'll be in Florida next month yeah. if anybody's nice. anybody's looking for me. Cool. <laughs> well, thanks for doing this, Mark. Hey, thank I, you. I, I appreciate, appreciate it, man. It. I, I'm yeah. always down to nerd out about music awesome. and stuff. Cool. Thanks, man. Cool. Thank you.